Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. Yo, what's up, everybody? This is Taco Tuesday. I'm Alex Padilla at AlexPadilla86. He's Alex Regla at AlexMRegla. You can check us out there on Twitter. We're coming after you. We're coming here tonight after the Lakers win 101-93 over the Charlotte Hornets. And Alex, four and three on the road trip. What a surprise. Yeah, I'm trying to again, I have to write these things down, but I think last time we talked, we gave our predictions and I forget what we said, but I don't think Not we good. were optimistic of four as 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 much as a four and three record. So they definitely did better than I thought they did. They would have. Well, I know neither of us were expecting a win over the Nets, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we both kind of circled the Knicks game as a possibility, and we definitely labeled the Charlotte game as a must win, and especially because all their injuries as well. They didn't have Scary Terry today, obviously no no LaMelo Ball. So the Charlotte Hornets were definitely shorthanded as well. It's the kind of game that you need, and they got it. And, and, and trust me, it wasn't pretty. And I don't anticipate many games being pretty until LeBron and AD return. But you just got to get them, get the wins where you can. That's you have to stay afloat. Exactly. Like I, like you said, this wasn't a pretty game. This wasn't really even that much of a fun game. Like outside of the last minute or two, where things just got crazy. But yeah, like you said, you just got to win the games any way you can at this stage and. It doesn't matter if the other team's injured or what. You just take that kind of blessing and, and take advantage of it. And thankfully, they held on and, and won this one. Yeah, Kyle Kuzma, the start tonight, he scored 24 points, 7 of 18 from the field. He had a couple of uh, highlight plays, uh, shot 4 of 12 from 3, not great, but uh, much better than he's played the last couple of days. So Kuzma led the uh, led the way in scoring. Schroeder scored 19, and Caruso I thought Crusoe was fantastic in the fourth quarter. It's been a while since I've said anything nice about Caruso. Yeah, this felt like one of those, like last season's Caruso, like one of those vintage Caruso games where on both ends, I, I think like his defense, um, I'm not sure ever since his injury or whatever, but like his defense hasn't been at least like on film or like as you watch live as amazing as we kind of are accustomed with him. But I thought tonight, like, his impact was just all over the floor. And like you said, I thought him in the fourth quarter, that three he made at the end was basically the game-winning shot, really. Right. Yeah, and then he uh, he kind of got that ball back there in that weird play at the end yeah. uh, that the Hornets could have you know, done something. But uh, I actually had a conversation today with someone, and I think I surprised them when I said, and I'll ask you the question as well, if forced to choose going forward next season, and I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, between Caruso and THT, who would you who would you choose? Oh God, you're at, it's like uh, you're asking me to pick between my children here. Uh, I know, and I think, but I, I don't you think that it's a possibility the Lakers I, might have to choose? I, I could be like I don't think it's like unrealistic. You never know with the cap situation when you have two stars, you got to just do what you can to win. But. uh I think they're really like THT. Like, if they're not going to trade him for a guy like Lowry or basically kind of hold him out of trade talks, I think that's kind of telling. Also helps that, you know, he's a clutch client. That's always good in your favor in, in terms of if you're a Laker or not. 
But at the same time, like Caruso is extremely valuable to this team. And this guy played in the game that they won the championship and he started into that game. So I, it's tough to say, uh, did you, I, I'm curious, what did you think? I'm not, I know I'm not answering. I'm trying to mm-hmm. stall before answering. Cause I don't know. What, what do you think? Uh, I chose uh, THT. I, I think just in terms of like potential, I think you mm-hmm. kind of have to. I don't think that we're, we've seen even close to what he can turn into. Mm-hmm. Now, I think it's a risk because he is so up and down. He shows flashes of like, wow, that's that's something that that's special. And with Caruso, I feel like we are at the ceiling. I feel like we've already reached it. He could be a very good defensive player. He can make shots here and there. Mm-hmm. He does the nitty-gritty work for you sometimes. But is he really going to ever be anything more than that? And I, I just don't think so. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. If I mean, if, if they choose Caruso, I'm not going to be upset about it. Like, oh, you let THC walk. Like Maybe in a few years, THC can turn into, I don't know, what Julius Randle turned into or mm-hmm. what, you know, we've seen it before. Randle's a good player. Uh, Jordan Clarkson's turned into a good player. We've seen the Lakers every, guys go. Every young guy, basically. Yeah. yeah. And it's possible, but I, I just had a conversation. I didn't, I didn't mean to start this podcast there. I just had a conversation <laughs> today. And I think uh, I think today highlighted that, that you know, that's just the way the Lakers are playing, and specifically guys like Caruso and THT. It's up and down. It's- yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I totally get that. And I think during this time when there is no LeBron and there is no AD, like, we're getting more, I guess, like, we can get a bigger spotlight on these guys in a bigger role, right? With LeBron, no AD. These guys have that opportunity to get more usage, to have the ball in their hands. And we can kind of see their strengths and weaknesses and seeing like, okay, if this guy was on a different team, like how well would he play? And I, I, I'm not sure if we're going to talk about Dennis later or not, but I think Dennis... Like I wanted to get to him right now, yeah. Okay, yeah. So like, I think Dennis specifically, he's been the guy since LeBron went down that has had to kind of take on the most on-ball creation uh, responsibilities. And that's just getting to the paint, getting to the free throw line, trying to create for others. But at the same time, we've seen with the more, with him getting kind of exposed more with his turnovers, with his jumper kind of falling sometimes and not falling the other times. Like, I think this is a good chance to kind of get a better idea of who these players actually are. LeBron and AD cover up a lot of flaws with, yes. with their roster. I mean, it's just the way that superstars are. When when the Brooklyn Nets play without KD, Durant, and and Kyrie, you know, the other players have massive flaws, and you can see them more. The Your superstars cover up those things. Um, Dennis Schroeder's never had to be the number one guy on any team he's ever played for. And if he was, he wasn't expected to win like he's expected to win with the Lakers. I think there's a big difference between being a starting point guard on a team with LeBron and AD and being a starting point guard with with Andre Drummond and Kyle Kuzma. You know, there's a huge difference. So I'm not necessarily worried about what Schroeder looks like right now and how he's forcing things because he's genuinely being forced to force things. He has to be. There is no offensive flow with the Lakers. Let's be real. There is zero offensive flow with this team. They either make threes or they don't. And they'll they'll have a couple fast breaks here and there. They have no half-court offense. No. They have none. And and that's fine. But this team is incredibly reliant on the threes. And I actually tweeted it earlier today. The Lakers today, and this goes with the whole Schroeder thing. The Lakers today started 0 for 8, 0 for 8 from 3. And then they finished the half going uh, 9 of 12. 
And that just encapsulates what the Lakers are without the two guys. They are a hit or miss team. They are incredibly hot and incredibly streaky and incredibly cold at times. And a lot of that is because of Schroeder. I mean, he is forced to be the go-to guy, the playmaking guy. And sometimes he looks really, really good doing it. And sometimes he looks really, really bad doing it. Um, I don't think that's a... that's a like today he only had one turnover. Was the other day didn't he have a, like a bunch? I don't even remember yeah, the exact number. Yeah. So it's just I I think that guys are being forced into roles that they've never had to take on before. The Lakers are six and seven without LeBron. I believe that's the number. Mm-hmm. LeBron and AD. Yeah, six and seven without LeBron and AD. Chalk that up as a win for me. That's a major win for me. Like I. When LeBron and AD first went out, we had like podcasts and articles saying, like, can the Lakers win two games like mm-hmm. when they're gone? And they're basically almost 500. Basically, they haven't really lost too much ground from when LeBron and AD went out. Like, they're not going up, they're not improving their record, but they're like almost literally treading water. Like, mm-hmm. they haven't lost much ground. And on this road trip, like we mentioned to start the show, four and three, like, you take that every day of the week. Uh, even if you don't have injuries, like if you could win on the road, like in any circumstance, you do it. And like you said, these guys have been put in different roles, expanded roles that when they first got signed or when they got traded for, those weren't the roles they kind of had in mind. Like they, everything's built around LeBron and AD. So with those two out. Is, hmm? Sorry, go for it. Finish, finish. Yeah, with, the, with those two out, like obviously these guys are put in different roles. And just to add context, like we also have to remember – they're also adding guys like Drummond, McLemore, and yeah. every other game, there's at least one starter out with an injury. Gasol was out for a while. Uh, you had McKinney in and out. You had, I mean, not guys that are like important, but just guys in and out. THT got suspended. Mm-hmm. They played a game with Tread, got kicked out like in the first quarter. You know, they, so many different random things have happened to this team. But let's. I also want to point out this too, Alex. I think it's important. They are six and seven without LeBron and AD. They started 0 for 3 without LeBron. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. So they're 7 and 4 in their last wow. 11. Wow. Yeah. And I think that's very important. I think that did the math right. Maybe 6 and 4. Excuse me. Um, either way, in their last 10 games, they're 6 and 4. That's the correct math now. Yeah. And I know their schedule and there has had a couple of, uh, what would you call them, like, easy games, even though I think when you don't have your two top guys, there is no easy game. Uh, yeah. Um, but I think they're doing better than expected. And they might have been lucky here and there, too. Because, you know, Raptors were without key players uh, th- tonight. The, sh- the Hornets were without key players. But still, they're 6-4 and four in their last 10 and 6-7 and seven, uh, six and seven without LeBron and AD. I think it is a massive win, like you said. Um, but we bring up Gasol. And what is going on there? <laughs> what is going on there? Because... <laughs> It's not like Trez has been tearing this this up recently no, either. No. Trez has been struggling since the the arrival of Andre Drummond, pretty badly. So, any what's going on? So I think Gasol. I think it's a combination of two things. Like obviously, like he was good to go tonight, right? Like he was yeah. during pregame. Frank Bogle said Gasol is available. He's not on the injured list. He's he can play if need be. Um, he didn't play again. That was a coach's decision that he didn't play. And um, I do wonder, like, if, if there is, like, an injury thing there, 
that vocals kind of relying on to say like, oh, I didn't play him because he's still kind of banged up, even though he's active. And we're just going to ride Drummond and Harrell. But like you said, Drummond and Harrell, the last two games, both of them respectively, they've not played well. Um, and I, I just think it's hard to have a three center rotation as it is. I think it's almost better to be clear with guys like, and I think they have been with Gasol. And I think Gasol knows this that it seems like he's going to be the odd guy out. He's not going to be in there unless it's a break in case of emergency situation, in case it's a playoff situation where they actually need him. And it seems like that's just how it's going to be for the time like being. Like I don't see it changing. I think the only time... like He played against the Knicks for, what, five minutes? And then immediately got subbed out. Mm-hmm. So I just think the writing is kind of on the wall with Gasol right now. Yeah, I mean, and, and then think about what it's going to look like when AD comes back. Exactly. If you can't get on the court right now. So, I don't want to rub it in. Does this mean I'm right about Gasol and you were wrong? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, Drummond and Harrell haven't played well. And Gasol no, has haven't. played well. Like, in, But, again, that's in a smaller sample. That's He has more chemistry with those starting guys than a guy like Harrell or a guy like Drummond does. But I, I just think that's how the Lakers view the situation. I think they value giving Drummond a chance now to see what they have with him uh, before the playoffs come. I think they know yeah. what they have with Gasol. Okay, interesting. I just think it's also interesting that Trez has been struggling since the arrival of Andre Drummond. So how would you, like, how, like if you were Frank Vogel, like how would you break up the minutes or would you just cut someone out of the rotation altogether? I would like to say that I have no problem with Marc Gasol not playing. Okay. I really don't. I, I mean, it's not a surprise if you listen to this podcast weekly that I am not the biggest Marcus Gasol fan. I think Andre Drummond does more for the team. And maybe, obviously, he's not a three-point shooter, but I, I just don't really miss him. And as far as, like, the one that is, like, making me a little worried is Trez lately. Uh-huh. Scored six tonight, didn't score against the Knicks. Um... And he's been playing his normal, you know, 20 plus minutes. And I don't understand really what's going Like, has his role hasn't changed? He's Not coming really. Off the bench. His minutes are about the same. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on with that. It could just be a little bit of a funk, but that one worries me a little bit more. I, 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 gen- like, I guess when you say we know what we have in Gasol, mm-hmm. do you just, do you think that he'll be back in a playoff rotation? I think he will be. I, I think if it, I think like if they play Denver, if they play Philadelphia, like there's very specific matchups, even Portland. I can see where if a guy like Drummond is struggling on defense, because Drummond, like he's a big guy, right? Like he can move well on defense and stuff like that. But I still, like, I don't think he's like been the answer to like our rim protection issues. Like I think he's again, it's a small sample that can change, but I don't like he hasn't blown me away on that end. So I can see them, if they match up with Jokic or Embiid, they might want that experience with Gasol for at least like maybe a half or so. I don't think this is like he's completely out. I think it's going to be kind of like a baseball situation where you're going to have him as like a specialty like reliever out of the pen or something. Yeah, I mean, we also saw it last year in the playoffs where like JaVale McGee didn't play a whole series. 
So Frank Vogel is not afraid to put in it guys in and out. And I'm totally fine with that too. I'm 100% on board with, with him playing the matchups and him not playing guys in the playoffs and him playing more guys specifically in the playoffs. Like, I mean, dude, Deion waiters got run at some point in the playoffs last year. J.R. Smith got some run at some point and was like, why are these guys playing over this? You know? So in, in my opinion, and I know that for whatever reason, there's already Laker fans out there that, that like say like fire Frank Vogel, like he's earned just in my head, he kind of figures things out and I, I'm cool with it, whatever he decides. I, I if, think, if that, like, if, I think that's crazy. Like, honestly, like I, I get why fans could be frustrated. Obviously like this isn't the type of team that they thought they were getting, but that's what happens when there's injuries and stuff. But like to get angry at Vogel, I guess you could get upset with his rotation choices and stuff, but the guy every other night has different players. Like one night he barely has like the minimum number of guys to actually play a game. Yeah. And like with that said, he's still having them play like a top four defense in the league. Like this is, he's doing a tremendous job with this team for the guys yeah. he does have. And then also let's not act like when the guys are healthy, that they're lighting it up every single game. Mm-hmm. So he played, and we know that Frank Vogel's played the hot hand. That's kind of his thing. If someone's really on it, he's going to keep them in. And there's games where, like, Kuzma's just completely unwatchable. <laughs> like, he, So it's not like he has this easy job at the moment. So I, I'm with you. I don't understand the whole, like, you know, fire Vogel. And I know it's not that big of a crowd, but it, that crowd exists, which is just, you know, dumbfounding to me. But either way, um, the Lakers, though, let's – I feel like we kind of – I tend to, to, like, waste – not waste. I, I tend to veer negative – uh, even on days that they win, but I'm gonna be positive, man. Four yeah. of three to on the road trip, way better than we expected. A four game lead over the Mavericks, and and, and something that I and I I don't even think we've brought it up because I completely forgot about it. Because I why would I even think about it? Four games out of the play in tournament, <laughs> which is. Like, you know, we were having those conversations uh-huh. last week. Like, well, what if if they fall to the seventh seed and the eighth seed? They're we're in we're in play in tournament mode now. Is are you still concerned about that? Like, is yes. that still? Are you still? Because, yes, because Adrian Wojnarowski, I believe, on Saturday said that LeBron could be out another three weeks. So I I have at this point I have no idea when Alex Alex, it's April fifteenth. Yeah. It's going to, I mean, their next game is April 15th. The, the last game of the season is May 16th. There's only four weeks left on the year. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, it is a, if, listen, I love AD and I think it would be great if he comes back, but I don't, do we even know what this team looks like without LeBron and AD? Like, I, there's so many centers on this thing. We just had a conversation about it. <laughs> I think that LeBron is more important to this, to this team to come. I mean, obviously, if AD comes back, it's great, fantastic, and, and they'll be better. But I think both of them need to be back pretty soon in three more weeks, man. That's so you And we're talking about gelling, and we're talking about Vogel figuring it out, and we're talking about all these things. It, let's say LeBron is out three more weeks. Okay. So he comes back against Phoenix, New York, Houston, Indiana, and the Pelicans and that's it. Here we go. Playoffs. Yeah. I mean, again, that's kind of the sucky part of this situation with the injuries and having a, like a really quick season and all that stuff. But I have no idea uh, LeBron status or anything. It sounds like AD should be back sooner than later. Mm -hmm. Um, It'll be interesting to see how he plays 
where he's the guy, like with no LeBron, and it's just him out there. That'll be interesting. And um, are, okay, so like between AD and LeBron, who do you think would actually need more ramp up time going into the playoffs, though? AD. AD. So and and sounds like he's gonna. I agree. I and I think he's gonna be back sooner than later. So I'm also concerned about AD coming back. I mean, in I'm what, sure most in what way? Because it seems like it's one of those nagging injuries that he never really had time in the offseason to mm-hmm. rehab. And I'm not sure if he's getting it now. I mean, I listen, he is getting it now. He's been out for two months, and that's longer than the offseason was this year. <laughs> um, so I'm hopeful that it's not a nagging injury anymore and that if AD comes back in the playoffs, I, I would much rather AD wait to be 100% then come back with a lingering issue. It's just so tough. Like you said, we're so close to the season being over already. Um, I I want at least AD to get a few games in. Like I want both guys to get at least a few games in just to gel at least a little bit with these new guys. Um, and because even before the injury, AD wasn't looking all that great, right? Like right. to start That's, the yeah, year. Yeah, because it was like that lingering thing mm-hmm. from the playoffs still. Yeah, so... Like, I trust LeBron, and I trust AD. Like, AD, like, for all his, like, worries about injuries in his career, he's always been a fantastic playoff player. Like, we saw it last year. We saw it when he was with the Pelicans. So, maybe it's been a blessing in disguise that these two guys have had some more time to relax and rest, and hopefully the injuries weren't as serious as we kind of expected them to be, and all this is just time for for them to get their bodies right and stuff like that. But I I ideally would want them to get at least a few games in before the playoffs. Can I ask you a first take slash undisputed question? Yes. Do you think it's wise that LeBron and AD are traveling with the team? Why is it in terms of <laughs> in terms of what? what I, you- I dude, I'm I, I'm not saying it came from first take or undisputed, because okay. I don't remember. But it's, I remember, it sounds exactly like a, a Stephen A. Smith thing. Yeah, or I remember like seeing something, and I freaking should have wrote it down because I was like, "Why is LeBron traveling with the team? He should be in L.A. getting medical treatment. Mm. He shouldn't be worried about traveling and flying and this and that." And in my head, I was like, "I mean, I guess like he could just be chilling in L.A., but..." One one thing about this Lakers team that separated them from from a lot of teams in the bubble last year was how close they yeah. are. Mm-hmm. I just feel like that's just how they are. That's, uh, LeBron and AD being there, like AD's been at every game, yeah, rocking a new sweater every game. <laughs> and I don't know, just I I have no problem with it. But I saw it somewhere, and I really wish I would have wrote it down because I'm pretty sure it had a blue check mark next to it. No, yeah, I, I don't think there's an issue. Like you said, I, if anything, I think it's a positive, and I would kind of want them to be. Because you could see them talking to THT after he makes a play. You could see them talking to Drummond. And although they're not getting that on-court chemistry, like having that off-the-court chemistry is just as important, right? Like yeah. if you guys, if, like if they can build a relationship off the court when issues happen on the court, when someone makes a mistake, they miss a defensive rotation, like a guy like Drummond's gonna be more likely to be receptive to LeBron and AD if they already kind of built that relationship off the court, right? I mean, dude, can you imagine 
LeBron and AD just not showing up on this seven-game road trip, and then they come back to practice, and it's, oh, hey, what's up, Ben McElmore? Nice to meet you. Oh, hey, what's up, Andre Drummond? Nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're adding so many guys to this team that it's. I think it's super important that they're there. They're all getting to know each other, travel with each other. And uh, I saw LeBron tweeting about Ben McElmore yeah. a while ago. LeBron uh, calling uh, the Big Penguin. Did not know that was Andre Drummond's nickname. Well I, well, I guess I didn't know this beforehand, but I guess AD... Well, I guess both ADs now. It's weird. Uh, Andre Drummond and Anthony Davis, I guess they've kind of been friends for a long time as well. So there's that chemistry already built in between those two. Well, we'll see. Uh, we're Something super exciting for everybody in LA. And I don't know exactly the number of people that will be at the game on oh, Thursday. Oh, I do, but, but I, I forgot it. I think it's, it's, it's 10%. I think it's like 2,000, right? Yeah, it's like 10% capacity, I think, last time I saw. So it's like one point. Uh, like uh, 1800 people or something like that i think yeah. i don't remember specifically let me just search real quick lakers attendance 2021 we'll figure it out here um but for the first time this season the lakers will have fans in attendance on thursday their next game and who are they playing the boston celtics that's right the lakers are welcoming fans back uh to staples center it's been i think they said it's going to be 372 days since there was last fans in attendance and it's i can't wait i mean it's obviously we've seen games where there's laker fans at games Mm -hmm. but it's going to be different when it's at staples center and that happens on thursday so yeah so they have a one two three a three game home stretch coming up Mm -hmm. i like how big yeah tough games but how big do you think getting fan backs like from an emotional standpoint, do you think that's going to be a big boost for this team? I think it's going to be a huge boost for the team. I think, uh, I mean, so many players from many sports have said what a difference fans make. Mm. And I can't imagine even playing on the road with fans. You know, that's the kind, I think LeBron, we even talked about it. LeBron says, like, that's the kind of stuff that makes a road games fun is having the opposing fans. Remember courtside Karen? in atlanta wow that feels like two years ago yeah i mean that's the kind of things that you that that are that are priceless that you that you that you can't get so i think it makes a huge difference i mean again any help they can get at this point and like you said it's a tough three game home stretch here you got boston you got utah back to back in two games that's uh that's gonna be tough it's gonna be very tough and it's also gonna be tough to get in there it seems like you have to show either proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test to get inside Staples. I still can't find the number. I've been looking this whole time, by the way. Um, I think it was it's, 2,000. Yeah, it's about 2,000. Um, so if you're vaccinated or if you have a negative COVID test and you got tickets for Thursday, have fun. And then they will unveil the championship banner May 12th. Mm-hmm. And that should be a lot of fun as well. That's against the Houston Rockets. So it's like a homecoming game. You should win that game. And hopefully LeBron and AD are there for that game. Hopefully, Le- oh my gosh, hopefully LeBron. Is- <laughs> yeah, there's, there's like uh, also going back to the AD and the and the nagging injury. And why I said uh, I forgot to mention why I said, you know, I, I'd rather him be a hundred percent. Is yesterday was the eight year anniversary of Kobe tearing his Achilles, mm-hmm. and that kind of got me thinking like, oh man, you know, like if, if AD was been dealing with this and he comes back and it pop- like that would be the worst thing. Now I want to finish negative. I'll finish positive. Today is the five-year anniversary of Mamba Day, Kobe's final game ever where he dropped 60 points against the Utah Jazz. That happened five years ago already, today. Uh, that Yeah, that's, that kind of blew my mind how long it's 
it's already been five years that's crazy yeah. uh yeah like it's one of those games and one of those moments you kind of remember exactly where you were for and i i remember like sitting there and just kind of losing my mind with everyone else and again it's it's still like putting into context like the last game of your career to be able to go out and do that uh yeah just amazing yeah it was awesome and I don't care if he would have shot the ball a hundred times that night. Anything he did, I was also loving. yeah. Shout out Julius Randall that game. He set like a hundred moving screens for Kobe. <laughs> yeah, it was it was awesome, dude. And and uh, yeah, damn, that's just good memories of that game. I saw the show not that long ago on Spectrum Sportsnet. It was a uh, Kobe Bryant's top ten moments, and the only person interviewed for that show, Kobe Bryant. Oh and wow! It was awesome. It was so awesome to hear his thoughts on his final game, because I believe he started the game like oh for seven. Yeah, or yeah, he struggled. It was uh-huh. struggled, and he was like, "Bro, this is gonna be hilarious if I suck tonight." And all these people are there's so many celebrities there. I think even Jack Nicholson returned because he had it stopped going to mm-hmm. every single game, and he was talking about this would be hilarious if i just suck and then for whatever reason I was like, you know what, I'm not gonna suck today. So it's really cool like hearing him talk about obviously filmed a while ago it was really cool to hear him talk about his best moments and that was it he was the only person interviewed and it was a great show i don't know how to find that stuff on spectrum i don't know if they have on demand or anything but if you guys can find it i think it was called kobe bryant's top 10 moments in lakers history and kobe narrated it not or not narrated but was interviewed it was i was not planning on watching it i just turned it on background notes and i got sucked into it it was awesome that sounds awesome. I yeah. Sometimes when those Spectrum top ten lists come on, I kind of just like ah, uh, like these are kind of yeah. lame. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I didn't know Kobe was involved in one, so I definitely will, will look that out for. Yeah. yeah. Um. If you yeah, I just searched Kobe top ten Spectrum, and it popped up right away. So if you have a cable package, you can watch all forty seven minutes of it on SpectrumSportsNet.com. And I highly, I'm it's literally playing right now. Kobe's wearing a blue velvet sweater. <laughs> and a giant purple and gold chain. Uh, so if you guys do have uh, access to SpectrumSportsNet.com on demand, I very much recommend watching that. It was awesome. Um, all right. Let's wrap this up the way we always do, man. Thursday, Saturday, Monday. I'm assuming we'll probably come on Monday after the game against the Jazz. Three games uh, between now and then. They play Thursday against the Celtics with fans in attendance. They play Saturday against the Jazz at 1.30 with fans in attendance. And they play Monday against the Jazz again. Alex, what are we looking at? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, it also sets up a huge series against Dallas, both in Dallas right after that. I was going to mention that those upcoming Dallas games are just as important, if not more important. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully, you know what? Honestly, we don't know, again, AD status, but it sounds like maybe he could be back. Maybe for one of those Dallas games. I was just going to ask you, like, is there anything about AD? Any I, chance he comes it back? It sounded like, again, this was a, maybe a week ago. I think McMenamin had a report like he's going to be evaluated when they get back to Los Angeles. And I guess we'll go from there and see what his timetable is. But um, he should be back soon, hopefully. And, uh, yeah, Boston, Utah, Utah. Um, I think if they can just win one, uh, that would be uh, huge. Massive. I, yeah, I think they could maybe win one of the Utah games. 
I think this Boston game is the one that I the only one I think they could win. Oh, you know, oh that's you know what I'm gonna change. I agree just because the the fans being back, Boston's not playing that well either. Um, I yeah, I'll switch. I say Boston. Also, they can win that. It's one. also. Do you remember we've we've had this conversation every time there's like a huge game, the Lakers lose like big meaningful that's, games like Christmas. True. Like the game after Kobe's memorial. Like just bigger highlighted games, they lose. But anyways, we'll see what happens. I, I'm gonna say one and two, and they'll beat Boston. How about that? I, I say one and two to beat Boston. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Lakers tonight beat the Hornets 101-93. They finished four and three on the seven game road trip, which is amazing. I'm Alex Padilla at Alex Padilla eighty six on Twitter. He's Alex Regla at Alex M Regla on Twitter as well. Do you notice I didn't ask you the question that I? Oh, asked I appreciate you? it. Yeah, I think yeah. next time I'll, I'll I'll mention it if there's any uh, <laughs> updates. All right. Well, either way, go to uh, Alex's Twitter and subscribe to his newsletter, The Throwdowns, because when he does write, <laughs> it's as rare as a, uh, a, a lunar eclipse. It is it is well worth it. So go ahead and do that. Anyways, Alex, uh, we will talk to you next week and we'll see what the Lakers do the next three games. See you then. Awesome, man. Thank you.